You're listening to the Travel Geniuses podcast for travel agents who love planning vacations for their clients, but wish the business side of things was just a little bit easier. This is episode 43, and in this episode, we're talking about saying no to business. And nope, I'm not kidding. Hey, Travel Geniuses, Christy here. Thanks for joining me for another episode of the podcast. Um, This episode is actually one that I recorded a couple of months ago before COVID-19 was in the news and before um, a lot of us lost most of the income we had worked really hard for for the last several months or even a year. So I just wanted to pop in before the episode actually starts to just say that I understand um, this might be a little weird to hear right now. I almost didn't publish this, but I listened to it again and I still think it's a really important message and something that's important to think about. Um, even though I know right now you would probably give your right arm for any kind of booking, even if it was only going to make you $5 an hour, I still think that it's important when bookings start happening again and when your phones start ringing again to really be thinking about what kind of business you want at the end of this. Um, my goal, everything I do with Travel Geniuses is to help you have a business that you love that supports you and gives you a life you love as well. So not something that sucks the life out of you and consumes every waking moment. And in my opinion, it's hard to do that if you are taking low dollar bookings and not making enough per booking to support yourself or to give you enough time to devote to those bookings to really do a good, good job on them. So um, that's why I still think this is relevant and important um, to hear, even though right now I know you might listen to it and think, yeah, but right now I really wouldn't care if it was a $50 commission. So anyway, I just wanted to pop in and let you know that I understand that even if it doesn't sound like I understand that in the episode, it was just recorded um, prior to all this happening. And also, this is probably going to be my caveat for every episode during this time. If you're not ready to hear it yet, that's okay. Not everybody is going to be in a place where they want to think about their business or um, think about growing it or think about what it was. I mean, just being reminded about what you had just a couple of short months ago and how things are looking now. I know not everybody's going to be ready for that. But for those of you who are, I still wanted to put this out because I still stand behind everything I said in this episode. Um, I just want to say I do understand if this isn't quite the right time for you to be hearing the message. So now that that's out of the way, I do have one more thing I want to talk about. And that is the fact that I am opening up Insiders again at the end of May. And I know last time I said absolutely positively, I will be raising the price and it will never be this cheap again. Well, in light of all the things that have happened, I know a lot of you are struggling and don't have the same income you had before all this happened. So I am keeping it at $15 a month, but I promise it's worth it. Uh, What we're going to be working through this next round is a book called Never Lose a Customer Again by Joey Coleman, who you've probably never heard of because it's about customer service and setting up systems and processes around that, not customer service, but the customer experience. And that's not as sexy to everybody or as exciting as marketing. Like everybody wants 
to learn about marketing, but nobody really thinks about the customer experience and how that can be a form of marketing as well. And he does mention in the book that there are over a million books about marketing and sales and like 30,000 about customer service, the customer experience, and several other variations of that topic. It's definitely not something a lot of people talk about, but in my opinion, um, if you do this part right, after you get your first few clients and kind of get the ball rolling, if you do this part right, you won't have to do marketing anymore because your clients will love you so much that they would never consider going somewhere else. So you'll be getting repeat business and they will be bragging about you to all their friends and family and telling them to use you as well. So your roster will be full of repeat clients and referrals. And that's really what we want, right? Unless you love marketing, then go ahead and market yourself like crazy. But anyway, so that's going to be the topic for this next round. That's what we're going to be working through. And I do want to take this one extra slow. Um, I don't, the goal for this whole thing is so that you don't just read the book, but you actually implement the work. And if I meant that with the other books and the other topics we covered, I mean it 10 times more with this one. So we'll be working through each chapter and brainstorming ideas on how to implement the stuff and apply it to the travel business and also looking at our tools that we have and how we can kind of automate some of these things and make sure that no client falls through the cracks and that every client is getting the best experience possible. So if that sounds interesting to you, um, go to travelgeniuses.com slash insiders, and there'll be a little bit more information there and the sign up form. We will be starting this the last week in May. So I will be shutting off, um, the, ability to sign up at that point when we get started. So if you're hearing this in real time in May, please go to travelgeniuses.com slash insiders to sign up if you would like. It is just $15 a month. And I do intend this to really, I mean it this time, be the last time it's $15 a month. But I don't like to ever give absolutes because as we're learning now, you never know what the future will bring. So um, I, I'm not going to promise anything ever again. <laughs> but um, I can promise that this new book that we're working through in the new process is going to be really good for you and your business if you're willing to do the work and if you would rather focus on providing an excellent customer experience than having to focus on marketing so much. So anyway, enough about that. Um, let's just jump into this episode. I'm pretty excited about this topic today because I've got some really good notes. I've got a lot to say, I think, and um, and, it, and it's not that I have a lot to say, but I think I've got some things to say that will hopefully help you with this issue, and I know it's something a lot of you struggle with because I've seen it come up in my own groups online and in other groups of travel agents online, and it actually just came in, up in a recent um co-working time with my insiders this last week. So I know it's something a lot of agents struggle with, and that is choosing profitable clients or getting rid of those budget clients and bookings that just aren't profitable for you. So what I'm going to cover in this episode is first why I think it's important to make this choice and this distinction. Some of the things that I think get in your way as you're trying to make this shift in your business 
or even just making the decision to make that shift in your business. And then some practical tips on how you can do that. And of course, I will have a printable along with this episode. So if you aren't already, um, make sure you sign up to my membership. It's a free, I don't have a name for it yet. Um, It's a free membership, but what it will get you is access to all of the downloads for all of my episodes that I've done. I try to make these as practical and actionable for you as possible. And I think for me, at least, um, it helps to have a sheet in front of me with kind of a checklist or some questions to kind of think about and answer for myself. So I try to create those as often as I can and as often as it seems necessary, but it was getting to be a lot, um, having you download each one individually. So I've created a hub of sorts with all of these downloads all in one place. So you can go to the show notes for this episode, which you can find at travelgeniuses.com slash episode 43. And I'll have a link there where you can sign up. Again, it's free, um, but you'll get access then to all of my downloads in one place, including this episode here. So let's just jump right in and talk about why I think this is so important. Um, I believe that if you do this right and if you build your business in the right way, that once you get started, now I'm not talking about starting from day one with no clients, but once you get a couple ideal clients that you're working with, um, if you take care of them the right way, you won't ever have to market your business. So if you think about all the time you spend worrying about social media posts and paying for ads somewhere and just desperately trying to get your name out there and attract new customers somehow. I know you guys are doing it because I get so many questions about how do I market my business? And, and on my Facebook group, I ask the question, um, you know, what do you struggle with the most? And at least 70 to 75% of the responses I get have to do with marketing. Like, I don't know how to market. I need help with social media, but here's the thing. If you stopped worrying about that and stopped searching out solutions for those types of things and stopped, you know, trying to figure out social media and instead invested your time in serving your clients really well, I believe you'll have more clients than you know what to do with and actually better clients as well. Like those dream clients of yours, that's what you'll have. But this won't just magically happen because you want it to. You have to take the time and be deliberate and very focused on taking consistent care of those clients. Like you have to provide a consistent experience. You can't just do a great job for one and then not have enough time to take care of the next client that comes along and not do such a good job with them. You have to make sure that you're putting a lot of thought and time into designing every part of the vacation. You have to make sure that you're taking the time to check all the details, making sure the dates match and um, deposits are paid on time. And you want to be able to spend the time getting to know them so that you can design the trip really based on their preferences and maybe their special interests. I mean, we all say that, right? We all say custom designed, tailored just for you, but a lot of times if we're honest, we fall short on that end because we are just scrambling to keep up with all the bookings that we have to stay on top of. Maybe we did get the itinerary designed just for them, but all those little extra 
surprises and little thoughtful touches and things that we could have built into the whole experience, not just their vacation. That's not happening. And because that's not happening, they might as well go somewhere else or it's not exciting enough or impressive enough to be bragging to their friends about. So you're not getting the referrals that you could be getting had you just really been able to and had the time to focus on them and making sure every moment of the experience exceeded their expectations. The problem with taking on low earning bookings is that you have to do more of them, which means you don't have as much time to spend on each one. And even if I was going to use the example of 10 a week, but let's say you only had to do five a week. Say if you could do five of these bookings a week, you would earn enough to pay the bills and feel okay with that. That's still a lot to handle in one week. And each booking doesn't just take an even five to seven days to book and then you're done because each one is going to drag out over months. So you might get the initial design started in the first week. Then you're going to have back and forth and follow up with the clients. Then you have to track the payment dates and make sure those are all done in time. Then you have things like insurance and transfers and all the other little details that get added into that. And then making sure they get off okay. And then follow up after they get there, after they get home and, you know, handling any emergencies that happen while they're traveling. So you have all those things on top of the now five new bookings each week. So they're kind of piling up on each other as you go. Then you still have other stuff that you have to do with your business. You have to pay your own bills and um, track your commissions, put out some blog posts or a newsletter or whatever you decide to do. And if you're trying to do five new bookings a week, you have to get those new clients all the time too. You have to spend time marketing your business. So it's no wonder that so many agents get into this business thinking it's going to be so fun only to get very quickly overwhelmed by everything that they have to do, especially when, and I'll talk about that in the next little section on this episode, when there's this idea in their head that these are the types of bookings they're supposed to go after and that is how they're going to grow their business. So you just have to decide what kind of travel agent you want to be. If you want to be high volume and high speed, just cranking out the bookings, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, it's not what the rest of this episode is about because that's not um, something that sounds fun to me or something that I want to talk about and teach. Um, but it's not a wrong decision. You just choose which one fits your personality best and which one you want to do. Do you want to be a high volume booker where you're doing a whole bunch of bookings every week, but not able to spend as much time on each one? Or would you rather do a few more profitable bookings and be able to really get to know your customers and form lifelong relationships with them? So that's why I think this is such an important decision for you to make and why I think it's so important in my opinion. Again, like choosing the budget option is fine if that's what you want to do. But in my opinion, the better choice is to go after a business that's going to earn you more money per booking. So that's why I think it's important because it allows you to be the kind of agent you dreamed of being when you decided to become a travel agent. But I know it's not easy and I hear a lot of excuses all the time. So I'm going to spend this next few minutes talking about that. These are some of the the hurdles that kind of get in your way. And most of them have to do with mindset shifts 
And if you want to learn more about this, I'm going to touch on it, but I'm not going to go into a lot of detail. I'm not a mindset expert, um, but I did talk about it quite a bit in episode 17, and I will link to that episode in the show notes, but you can find it at travelgeniuses.com slash episode 17. Uh, and that, you know, I talk more about mindset in that episode, but one of the big ones is the scarcity mindset, which is when you think that if I don't take this booking, that's only going to earn me a hundred dollars. Oh my gosh, you guys, I took a booking once for a cruise and I only made $50 on the whole thing and it was ridiculous and it spent, it took so much time. Um, but you think that if I don't take this booking, that's only going to earn me a hundred dollars. I will never get another booking again these are probably going to be the last people who will ever call me. What if I say no and my phone doesn't ring again for three months and I get it. It's a real fear. You're taking a big chance on starting your own business and not relying on somebody else to do all the work to make sure that you're getting a paycheck every week. And it's scary. And you have so many hopes and dreams riding on this, right? I know. But the mind has this funny way of proving itself right all the time. So if you're constantly telling yourself that there aren't enough good bookings to go around, that nobody in your town, no one you know, you will you can never attract the people who have a lot of money to spend on vacations, your brain is going to confirm that for you and prove you right. But if you let go of that and you start to believe and see that there are millions of people, hundreds of thousands at least, who spend a lot of money on really expensive vacations. Just look at like Seabourn, Silver Sea, Crystal, all of those cruise lines. They're not cheap, but they sail full all the time. So there are plenty of passengers and um, well-earning bookings to go around. I'm trying to figure out a less money focused way to, um, it's not that I don't want to talk about money, but I'm trying to think of a, instead of saying like, there's lots of rich people out there and I can't quite figure out the right way to say it, but there are, there are people out there that are spending a lot of money on vacations and that really want the kind of experience that you want to provide and are willing to pay for it. You just have to believe it. You have to get rid of that mindset that's telling you that you can't find them, that they don't exist, that there aren't enough Again, I will link to my episode on mindset here, as well as a few other resources and books that have helped me in the show notes. Now, another thing that I think kind of gets in your way in making this choice is thinking that you're selfish or judging people if you don't want to work with people who don't have a lot of money. And it does not make you selfish or elitist at all. Um, if you can't afford or making the choice to not work with budget clients. Now, listen, I have been poor and I'm not going to go into all the details, not because I care. Uh, I just don't want to bore you with talking about how very poor I was. But I'll just say I had twins when I was 17. Okay. Um, my parents didn't have a lot of money either. So it wasn't like I got help from them. We were poor and I would never judge somebody or think I was too good to work with them just because they don't have a lot of money. But the reality is that I want to be in business. I want you to be in business and you can't be in business if you're not earning enough to keep your business open and have to close it down because you have to go get a regular job just to make enough to make your house payment every month. So you're serving no one if you're not trying to be profitable in your business. 
It doesn't mean you're judging anybody or think you're too good to help them or that you think just because they don't have a lot of money doesn't mean that they don't deserve a good vacation. It means none of that. Think about people that you go to for services all the time, your hairdresser or your mechanic. Just imagine if they had to work on so many people um, because their prices were so low that they only had 10 minutes to work on each person. Would you go in for a $10 haircut? No. And if they weren't able to sustain that, um, then they would go out of business and they can't cut anyone's hair anyway. So it's not, you're not being selfish by making this choice. Um, you also need to think about and be mindful of all the good things that you'll be able to do when you're making more money. You'll be able to hire people to help you in your business to help you in your home and your personal life. You can hire a house cleaner. You could hire somebody to make your meals every week if you wanted. And those are people that would have either not been able to be employed or would have been employed doing something that they didn't like. So you are helping other people live their dreams too. So the more you work, or sorry, the more you make, um, the more profitable you are, the more you're able to spread that wealth around and help other people be profitable as well in their own lives and businesses. You can also donate some of that money if you want. You can just pick a charity you want to donate to, or if you really have a heart for helping people who maybe couldn't afford a great vacation, have one, you can set aside and dedicate a portion of all of your earnings to send a needy family on a nice vacation every couple of years or however long it takes you to accumulate enough money for that. So it's not selfish to make your business profitable. It's the exact opposite of selfish. You will help so many more people by having a profitable business than you will by trying to serve everybody and working yourself to death. And then not only are you not able to serve more people, you're also not doing any favors for your friends and family and the people who care about you and want to spend time with you, but can't because you're working all the time. And when you're not working, you're stressed out and tired. So just get rid of that thought out of your head as well. And then finally, the thing I see a lot is that uh, anytime this topic comes up among a group of agents, there's always one or two who pop in with a story about how they had this client that came in and wanted this really cheap vacation and they booked it. And then 10 years later, this client now books suites on every cruise they go to, or that they booked somebody's really cheap vacation and then they later referred them for a group of 100 cabins on a cruise ship. So there's always some sort of story like that. And could this possibly happen to you? Of course. Is that person you're going to say no to potentially your one big, you know, the one that's going to turn into this amazing client for you? Maybe. But how many frogs do you have to kiss to get to that one big booking that's going to make it all worth it? And is it really going to be worth it? You might have to book 10, 20, 100 of those inexpensive vacations to finally get the one that's going to pay off. But if you had used that time instead to invest in your business and invest in the clients that you already have and cultivating those relationships and getting more of those types of clients, you would probably get there a lot faster. I've been thinking a lot lately about how some agents, like their goal is to be in a position where they're invited on fam trips and things like that, or to get their IATA so they can get 
you know, fan prices on things. And I just think, why is that your goal? Like make your goal to earn enough so you can just buy your own vacations whenever you want and not have to do it as a fam trip and just be able to go with your family or friends or people you actually like. And I think this is kind of the same mindset. Like you're just shooting too low. Why hope that one of these budget vacations is going to somehow turn into something great for you and instead just put that time and effort and hope into growing your business and going after the right kind of business in the first place. All right, so we've talked about why this is important to do, why this is an important choice to make. And we've talked about some of the hurdles that might get in your way. And really, they all are in your head. It's all just mindset stuff. Um, Now, which I say just, which mindset stuff is a really big deal. And I think is 90% of what holds people back anymore. Uh, We have the internet to help us figure out the rest of it. But anyway, now let's move on to how to make this happen. Because I think there's a lot of fear around this. And hopefully some of these tips here will help clear that up. So maybe these are some more hurdles, but I just want to give you some some action steps that you can take that might help you move in the right direction. And the first thing is to choose your niche and your specialty. And sorry if you're tired of hearing me talk about this, but I think it's super, super important to do. I'm not going to go into detail on this either here. I do have episodes for both of those and I will link to them in the show notes. The episode for or about choosing a niche is episode three. So travelgeniuses.com slash episode three. And the one about choosing your specialty and becoming a specialist is episode 12. And those are two different things. So um, I do recommend if you haven't heard those already, listening to those to hear my take on it, because I think um, my idea or my um beliefs on this are a little different than what you've maybe heard other places. So definitely check those out. I want you to keep this whole topic in mind as you're choosing your niche and your specialty because so what I consider your niche is who you're helping, a group of people, um, and then your specialty would be the destinations that you specialize in or the type of travel you specialize in. So like I said, a destination or maybe river cruising or something like that. Like that would be your specialty. And then, you know, families or you could even get more specific families with teenagers or uh, empty nesters, things like that. That would be your niche. So you just want to make sure that when you're choosing your niche, that you're choosing one that's profitable. Honestly, I think just about every group of people you could possibly think of could be a profitable niche. Um, The world is big enough and the internet gives us access to everyone. So I think there are people who spend a lot of money on vacations in every group you could possibly think of. But obviously, there are going to be some that are more that will be easier to work with than others. So if you want to help stay-at-home moms, most of the time they don't have a lot of disposable income because it's a one-income family with kids. So that maybe wouldn't be a great niche to pick. Um, Same with your specialty. Um, If you want to specialize in, I don't want to say a specific brand, but, you know, a more budget cruise line, a more budget experience, I know that there are a lot of really nice, expensive hotels and resorts in the Caribbean, but that tends to be another place that has a lot of budget options too. So you just want to really think about what you're specializing in and what niche you're choosing and make sure it's going to be something that can 
um, support the dreams you have for your business. And listen, like I said, there's no like real, I know you can make money selling the Caribbean. And I know there are lots of stay at home moms who, whose husbands make really good money and who can spend a lot on vacation. So I'm not saying that that's impossible. I'm just saying like, I don't know. I'm trying to think of examples, guys. They're not perfect. (laughs) Okay. So now I have some questions you can ask yourself to see if what you're considering is going to be profitable enough to support your business. And I will have all these questions in that worksheet that you can find at travelgeniuses.com slash episode 41. Um, But first you want to think about how much you need to make. And there is, of course, like your dream income and your like, this is how much I need to make to be comfortable or feel like this business is worth it. This isn't meant to be like a complete business plan or anything. This is just to get your mind thinking about the profitability of different vacation options so you can make an informed decision. So just have a rough idea in your head about how much you want to make each month or each year. And then think about some different vacation options that you might want to sell, different cruise lines or different land tours and packages, and how much they're going to cost your client and how much your commission will be on that. Make sure you're including your host agency split if you're with a host. And then of course, don't forget your fee and all of that. And then figure out how many of those you're going to have to sell each month or each year to make that income goal a reality. If you have to consistently book that amount every week or every month, will you be able to provide the kind of service you want for each of those bookings? Will you be able to provide the kind of service that you need to provide for those kinds of bookings? Will you be able to have the life you want if you have to book that many vacations every week or month? I remember when I first started as an agent, I don't know if I've talked about this at all on here yet, but, um, I knew nothing about the travel industry, absolutely nothing. (laughs) And I signed up with a local host agency and they had this room um, in the bottom of their offices full of shelves and brochures and they were alphabetical by company. And I would go in every week. I mean, there were, it was everybody, every single travel company was in there. And I would go every week or so with a box and I would start at A and grab a brochure one of each brochure until the box was full. Then I would go home and study them all. And then when I was done, I would go back and fill up another box and study all those brochures. That's how I knew what all the different companies were. And I remember um, seeing the A&K brochures and just falling in love. And they were so different than all of the other brochures in there. And I thought, That is the kind of vacation that I want to be booking. And I, this is coming from somebody, you guys remember I said I was poor. Okay. (laughs) I, I don't even know how I got it in my head that I could possibly be a travel agent. I just, it was one of those people who said, oh, I like planning my family vacations. So I'm going to be a travel agent. But my family vacations up until that point, this was after we weren't quite so poor, were just road trips. And we would go, I live in Arizona. And most of my family, my dad and my step siblings and cousins were all in Michigan. So one year we drove to Michigan and, um, we couldn't even afford holiday ends, you guys. So I got like this book, super eight used to come out with this book with all of their 
locations across the country and some of them had this designation they were like fancier or nicer super eights they weren't more expensive they just had gotten like a service award or something and so I would pick them that had gotten that award that were in small towns because I figured then I, I wouldn't run the risk of ending up in the bad part of town if it's a tiny town um, and that was our vacations so when I, when I say like I had no business thinking I could sell A&K I literally had no business thinking I could sell A&K but I saw that brochure and I just knew that is what I wanted to sell. And I remember getting a newsletter from the host agency and they were bragging on one of the agents who was like the top seller. I don't know if she was the top seller of Apple Vacations, but I know they mentioned that she only sold Apple Vacations. And I remember thinking like, why would you pick, if you're going to pick one thing to only sell, why would you pick Apple Vacations instead of Abercrombie and Kent? Like what would make you make that choice? Um, And nothing wrong with Apple Vacations and the vacations they sell. I just like in my head, even back then, knowing zero, I just, why would you make that choice when you could be booking these vacations, you know, Africa and India um, and the dollar amounts on those and the commissions that you would earn on that. And by the way, I did end up selling ANK, which was really nice. I sold Apple Vacations to you guys. I'm not trying to... uh, pretend to be something I'm not or yeah my point is just that um you have a choice and what you want to do and um you should be weighing the profitability of the things you decide to sell not just taking everything that comes at you all right so now that you know what you want to sell um how are you going to tell people that and let people know and one of the hardest things to do is to let your existing clients know. I hate it when people say you should, you need to fire your clients. Um, that doesn't sound very nice and it's not really, um, a nice way to say goodbye to clients who maybe were your first clients and gave you your first chance as a travel agent to, and and took a chance on you to plan their vacation. So, um, I don't, like it when people say that, unless they're jerks, then go ahead and fire them. Um, But I'd rather say something like letting them go. You can let some clients go. Or I know Meredith Hill from Gift says a lot, bless and release, just bless and release them, wish them well on their way, but let them go somewhere else and release them. Just because you aren't able to serve them anymore doesn't mean that you don't still wish them well. Um, And you can still try to help them find somebody else to work with. So I would spend some time. I'm not going to give you a script because your situation, there's no way I could make one that'll work for everybody. But I do want you to spend some time thinking about how to word this. You can let them know that you're just changing the direction of your business. Uh, You don't have the time to keep up with all the destinations and suppliers and hotels. So you're really trying to focus on the ones that fit your vision for your business better. And then if you know, like a general list of um, destinations or suppliers that you will or won't be booking in the future, you can just say like, these are the things I will be booking. These are the things I won't be booking just some way so that they know that the type of travel that they typically book with you, you won't be handling anymore. You don't have to say, I only want to work with rich people now. So bye. Um, don't do that. (laughs) You want to think of a nice classy way to say it. And that's really not what you're doing anyway. You are just 
choosing a vision for your life and your business and making decisions that align with that and will move you towards that dream and that vision. I think it's a great idea to have a list of agencies handy that you can refer them to. I know there are some brick and mortars out there who have a system down pat so they can do the higher volume of bookings that have lower commissions. So that's fine. Just seek a few of those out and be ready to give those to existing clients that you maybe aren't going to be able to work with anymore. And then if you aren't already, or if you have been, but just didn't implement it for existing clients, you could start charging a booking fee as well. And that will either make those bookings more profitable for you so that you can continue to do them, or it may, um, encourage those clients to look somewhere else to have their vacations booked. And that actually brings me into how to work this in when you're taking on new clients. So the first thing would be, of course, that fee. Um, It discourages the more budget-minded vacationers from reaching out in the first place if you have that listed right on your site. Um, And then you could also on your website have some sort of estimate listed somewhere of a range or a starting point, um, maybe like in your FAQs or something, like how much does a typical vacation that you book cost? And you could say like usually $1,000 a day or, you know, cruises start at seven to 10,000, something like that. Um, that way they know coming in that you're, if they're looking for a budget vacation, that you're not the agency for them and they won't even reach out. You also want to be really clear with family and friends and existing clients and anybody in your network at all, what kinds of clients you're looking for and what kinds of vacations you will be booking in the future so that they don't refer people to you that are outside of that scope. Um, I know my husband, poor guy, (laughs) made the mistake of telling people at work what I did for a living and he's constantly having to tell people she doesn't really do that. Cause they're like, can she find me a good flight to somewhere? Or, Hey, can she get me a deal on something? And he's just like, no, she doesn't really do that. He doesn't even, um, have them contact me anymore. So thank goodness. But it's just like, he works for the cable company. So I don't tell people that either because every time their cable goes out, their internet's not working. They call us and want him to fix it somehow. So neither of us talk about what each other does anymore. (laughs) But just make sure that that's really clear and that'll help eliminate any of those conversations in the first place for you. You do want them to refer the right kinds of clients to you though. So think of something to say to explain to people what you're looking for. Not like you're going to be like, hey, I want some referrals and I only want this kind of person. But something more like, um, if you know anybody who needs XYZ, please can you hand them my card or whatever, however you would approach that. But it is a good idea to spend some time kind of coming up with that phrase or those words you want to use. You don't want to say, um, if you know any rich people who want to go on a really expensive vacation, send them my way. That's disgusting. Like that's not what I'm telling you to do here. Um, so think of some words that you can use to evoke a sense of luxury and, um, a certain budget, of course, without saying that, like everybody's vision of luxury is different Uh, on the news. They're always saying like a luxury cruise line 
did X, Y, Z, and it ends up not like in my mind, the luxury ones are like the Silver Sea, Seaborn, Crystal, Regent. Those are the luxury ones, not other ones that I'm not going to talk about. So think of some other words to describe that. Like I hear bespoke all the time, customized white glove experience, things like that. And I would just try to brainstorm, come up with at least 20, uh, because then you really start to get creative. And then you can say something like, hey, if you know anyone who's looking for a completely customized white glove experience on their next trip to Europe, please let me know or give them my card. Um, That lets them know that you're looking for somebody who wants a more luxury experience and has the ability to afford something like that um, without flat out saying that, you know, you only want a certain, you know, people with a certain budget. You'll want to be a little more specific though. So work in some things about your niche and your specialty. Well, I mentioned Europe, so that could be your specialty, but um, just make it as specific as possible. Make it really easy for people to refer people to you and the right kinds of people to you instead of having to turn people away all the time because that never feels good. And then again, just like with your existing clients, make sure you have a list of a few agencies that you can refer people to if you're not a good fit. I don't want, again, remind yourself why you're doing it and don't feel guilty about it. There's nothing wrong with that. And just always be kind. You never know. Just like those stories you hear about the people who took on those bookings and got, you know, some sort of great reward at the end that can still happen. You don't have to spend the time on those bookings, but just be kind to people and you never know you know, they might be back later when they have something that aligns more with what you do. Okay. So that's it. That's all I've got for you. Hopefully that helps a little bit. Um, I'm really hoping that you see why this is so important and that you're able to see that it's not selfish or mean or means you're judgmental or anything. If you choose to only book certain types of vacations in your business. And then hopefully I've given you a few tips that make it a little easier and less scary to think about implementing this and actually doing this for your business. And like I said, I do have that worksheet in the membership hub for lack of a better word right now. And you can sign up to get access to that at travelgeniuses.com slash episode 43. I'll have a link there for the hub and within the hub will be a worksheet with some of the questions I suggested you think about and um, just some other little tasks and tips to help with this. Of course, I always love to hear if this has been helpful at all. So please feel free to shoot me an email at christy at travelgeniuses.com or leave a review in iTunes. I love reading those. And of course, please do share this with other agents that you know and work with. I'm working on getting some more interviews for the show. And it's not that people are saying no, because the audience isn't big enough, but it's definitely more beneficial to the guests to be on when there's a bigger audience listening. So I'd love your help in making that happen. All right, that's it, you guys. Thanks so much for listening and have a great week. I'll see you next time.